0: ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Former off-road professional, Garen Fuller, with his team at EC Homes, a top-notch real estate company, will help you buy or sell a home. Visit our website, echomesforsale.com, to get a free analysis on your home. Please mention ATV Talk. For a 1.5% listing fee, visit echomesforsale.com. Make sure you let them know who sent you. John Pellin, how are you, man?
1: Great, man. Thank you for having me. I think this is great. Other than um, trying to follow Shane Hitt and Marty Hart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're actually not going to follow them. We'll, we'll get to you in the, in the order. Um, so I'll show you, I'll explain all that to you at a later date. But I really wanted to say how, you know, what an honor it is for me to have you come and sit down with me on ATV Talk. Because over the years, I've read your information and been uh, a follower of ATV Scene, and, and I just want to say uh, how honored I am to have you.
1: Well, thank you much, man. It's been a lifetime of uh, working up to that, and I feel, my, I feel that I'm a C-lister compared to the guys you're talking to, so I, I, I humbly uh, thank you for that. That's awesome.
0: Well, dude, you've been around a long time. You have a lot of things to say. I'm sure you've seen a lot of things. Um, That being said, where did this start for you back in the day with, uh, I believe you were around in the three-wheeler days.
1: Yeah. It's kind of cool that I get to talk about this angle because I'm usually the editor that does the talk, you know, does the writing and that I'm on the other side of the camera. So it's kind of cool actually. I, I got started way back in uh, driving by a a, a three wheeler that was for sale, and it was something I had never seen before. It was blew my mind, and uh, my mom and I drove by it and they had to turn around and go back. And what was that? We never seen anything like with those big huge tires. It was an ATC ninety, a nineteen seventy four ATC ninety, <laughs> crazy, and uh, ended up. Couldn't even afford the whole thing. So my dad from Texas had to send some money in and we teamed up on it and waited two weeks and finally got the thing. And man, was it awesome! And that spawned the whole thing. I was, it was, it just changed my life. And then a couple months later, we got another one. Then <laughs> we had two of them, two three wheeled ATC nineties. One for me, and then one for my stepfather Jack. He was my riding partner. Man, we then then's when the fun really began. When there's two of us, so that started everything. And then as far as the um, my editors or my you know photojournalist stuff, that started uh, back in 1994, I think it was. I was, um, my roommate at the time was building a computer, which is crazy to me because I wanted nothing to do with the computer. And, uh, he's in the kitchen table, putting this thing together. And I just couldn't fathom what that possibly could be. At the time, I didn't know you could buy a kit and plug in the motherboard and all that stuff. So I, I made a friendly bet with him. If you get that thing to run, I'll sit down and learn it. And sure enough, a couple hours later only, he had it running and there I was, uh, poking around on a computer typed in uh at the time there was no websites it's crazy 1994 uh but we landed on aol and we had he had an aol account and used his account for a while and landed into a chat room because there was no sites it was just aol chats and it was called ATVing, and it was created i believe the creator but if he wasn't a creator, he was the moderator. It was the f- legend of all legends in the photojournalism era. And that's Bill Lane fear. Really? He was, yeah. He was the guy that ran the show and saw something in me, I guess. Cause I always chimed in with some cool information that wasn't quite there yet. And I had been going to the races and Sunday night there I was in the chat room. And there was people at the time you didn't know. It was almost like it was the end of the magazine era where you it, you'd have to wait for your mailbox. You have to go down the mailbox to find out who won <laughs> the race that happened a month ago. Right. It was crazy. But now we had the internet, so people were tuning into this ATVing chat room to find out what happened. So I was posting results, and I, I didn't even know at the time, but I was creating a, a, a story. I was typing in a paragraph, and that, that led to f- photos, results, the whole captions I was <laughs> putting together. <laughs> A magazine worthy feature. And that caught the attention later of a guy named Dave Beckstrom at atvconnection.com. And so I became the sports editor over there. And that's when it really started getting good because now I had credentials at the races and I was a real photographer. And that led to my own website, 1999, teamed up with a good friend of mine george davis and we started atv scene so that's as fast of the story i can get to how how it all happened
0: well that's i mean you didn't need to you didn't need to give me the speedy version you know because you probably missed some pretty cool stuff along the road you know because yeah. you get a little racing in there i'm sure
1: yeah yeah i would i would it was crazy on the weekends i would race on the weekdays i was working concrete formwork as a construction guy I wanted no part of a, a computer, you know? It wasn't even in the – didn't even think of something like that. And then I met George, and George was uh, pretty into computers. I met him on the chat room, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been, like, best of friends for our entire lives, it seems like. And uh, he just – he said, well, probably the smartest person I've known in my life and probably the hardest working guy is George Davis. And he he was uh, – uh, he, he – kind of like showed me things i didn't know about myself even that you could go out and do things um that that you didn't think you could do <laughs> and that was what, how it happened and next thing you know i'm doing really cool things with him and then he 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 was smart enough to get out of it <laughs> because there was no money in it and uh he got into uh building homes in northeast ohio here and i just stuck with it forever but um learned a lot of stuff. Another one was Byron Goggin. At, 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 he, he told me, I, I was trying to help with a, a event called the uh, Pit Crew Challenge, 1997, I think. And we, I had this crazy idea. I went up to Byron, hey, you got to do this. This would be really cool. If we did this, we could raise some money for the banquet. You should do it. And I kind of like dropped in his lap and he thought about it for a minute. He comes back and goes, John, why don't you do this? He, he does, I don't have to do everything. Cause he, at the time he was the mover and shaker. I don't know if you remember By, Byron, you know, yep. and um, so it of dawned on me. He was right. As long as you do. So between him and George, it kind of really woke me up. And that's what started the monster. <laughs> I started doing things like, damn, I can do that. And everything I did seems to be successful. Cause I don't do things. You know, half-assed. It's like all or nothing. I want to do it right, and that's how I did everything that I did, including the race promotions, uh, my own riding stuff. It was all—I went at it hard. Yeah. Well,
0: when you raced, what'd you ride?
1: Uh, I rode three-wheelers. I was, I was always pretty good with the stock class, which is crazy. I could ring out a stock machine better than a lot, and uh, that holds true in like the ride intros that I would go to. I always felt like, man. I could ride this machine better than a lot, of, a lot of other editors and anyone that ever touched a stock machine. I just have the snack of getting the most out of a stocker. So that was a lot of my racing. I won a stock championship on a stock uh, 200X three-wheeler. And that evolved um, over the years to 250X, um, 250Rs. I won an Open A, champion, or Open, a Open B. Uh, man, a lot of stuff. I went to the open pro-am ranks, and that's when I just started to really get into the race promotion side of stuff. And it kind of put my racing aside, but uh, just raced everything. I've won a championship on a three-wheeler, a quad, and a side-by-side, which <laughs> is crazy. And I came close on an e-bike last year. I was winning the, the e-bike national championship in the GNCC series. Couldn't believe it. Barry Hawk and this other dude, he won all four races, and he, he, I ended up getting third. But how cool is that? So now I'm racing that, too. So I'm not letting it go. I don't want to get um, old. So I'm still racing mountain bikes now and and uh, a three-wheeler again, believe it or not.
0: That's so, pretty awesome. What what three-wheeler are you riding? It's a uh, stock. They call it the stock is shit class.
1: <laughs> it's, it's at Pine Lake, and uh, it's the coolest class. The three guys brought it up, uh, created it, and it's the hard, stock hardtail class. It's the 185 S's and the 200s. Nice. Uh, yeah, Josh Ball, Tim Keister, and John McLaughlin. They they invented this cool class, and it only took a couple years. It took off, and there was 30 of us. 30 red identical stock Honda. I mean, you had to have the decal on the on this tank. They wanted them stock, and that's what that's was. Awesome. The axle and have different tires, which is makes it safer, which which is a good thing. Otherwise, we're all tipping over and running over our foot and stuff. So, <laughs> there we were, the fiftieth, the thirtieth down the front. It was the coolest thing, and I don't know what it is about it. It just maybe it's because they're only eleven horsepower. It makes it more of a challenge. I don't know, but I, I really take into it, and I've won the last three.
0: been <laughs> that incredible
1: yeah so fun i never thought i would say that because three wheelers i was once they made a four-wheeler i wasn't no part of a three-wheeler it, it was not as cool but here i am again racing a three-wheeler and i i shouldn't say they're not cool they're way cool but just the want the four the fourth wheel as you know <laughs> it was it was awesome
0: well you need to send me some pictures of that class because i gotta see that
1: yeah it's cool i got a video i'll just send you a link of the video i i I, I was so uh, impressed with those what those three did with that class that I went and did a couple of videos. One of them was killer. I think we have like fifteen thousand views on this video, and it's just a little highlight of the class and how what it's done for Pine Lake and the EDT series, which is the TT version of the GNCC. I mean the GNC uh, series because they separated it all, you know. But uh <laughs> this is of the class.
0: I miss I miss that because I think that the, the TT stuff is just incredible. And you know, the guy I always like to watch, you know, Spader was always fast and always had a good setup. But Shane Hit and Timmy Farr, those two guys. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys, Greg Baker was really good at it, Charlie Shepard was good at it. But, you know, consistently Shane. <laughs> I'm pick- going me man I mean those guys were just on it no matter where you went they were a force to be reckoned with
1: Yeah it was a, it's an arch it's not just uh riding it's set up and uh man it's it's been fun the oh. TT I I love TT but I also love cross country I'm everywhere man I'm side by side um like I said e-bikes even but every version of anything off road I'm all about it So yeah. what's up with the cheater bike what do you mean? The e-bike? Come on, dude! Really? Oh, what, yeah, yeah. You're gonna sell out. I'm more exhausted racing that thing than, a, than my quad. It's like your heart rate's out, spiked and you're just jamming. It's it's so fun. It's uh, the hills are as fun uphill as they are down because you're just cruising up these hills and your line's different. You're you're uh, you're. Go, it's almost like a dirt bike. It's you got to try one. They're so fun. And it's, it's, it's blowing up. GNCC has done a good job with it. They've made it legit. And, uh, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm doing as far as long as I can. Because I'm getting older. <laughs> so I don't know if I can win one, but I did get second at snowshoe last year. That was awesome. So, and I got top five at the last one. And I'm leaving a couple of days for the, the last one of this year. And I, but I had a bunch of bad luck This year, so I'm not running for a championship, but I'm still going to them. They're fun.
0: Do they break it down in classes, or is it run what you run? No,
1: it's they got a pro class, Uh, they got a um, plus fifty, a youth, a women, and an amateur. And I'm I'm racing the amateur class, which is the biggest class. There's usually twenty or more of us. It's pretty cool. That's
0: pretty awesome. No, you know, not not to be nosy, but how old are you now? Closing in on (laughs) fifty. Yeah. Oh, dude, I got. I'm older than you. Yeah, I don't know. It's, no, I, I'm older I, than you.
1: It sucks, age. And i I'm trying to not age. That's why I keep <laughs> keep riding, keep life behind bars. You know, <laughs> that's what keeps us young.
0: You know, I, I think that there's something to be said for that. You know, you, you, you look at some of the older guys in our, in our world. Um, you know, you, could, we, we can talk about Marty because. He's the focus of ATV Talk this week. He dropped, you know, it's October 6th and and he dropped. It's the day we're recording this. Um, and that guy is close to 60 and he is in phenomenal shape. Um, I've been, I talked to Mike Coe. He is in phenomenal shape. He still, uh, rides street bikes. Um, he's got a banshee and he does some stuff. So the guys that are still doing things, Jimmy White's still super active, you know, older and the guys that are still active in the off-road industry are still young. You know, you're not
1: get busy living or get busy dying. (laughs) And uh, there's another example is uh, Donnie Banks and a guy, local guy here that everybody should know his name, but doesn't Dave Simmons. He's won 11 national championships, GNCC. They ride, I look, I'm on Strava. So I see what they're doing every day. They're riding 50, 60 miles a day on a um, bicycle road bike stuff, which I don't, I'm a mountain bike guy, but he's got to give him credit. Especially Donnie. he's like almost had his leg amputated and he's out there on a bicycle Pound and mile after mile, it's amazing. <laughs> so yeah,
0: you know I've I've reached out to Donnie and and we haven't connected yet. I'm sure I really enjoyed that guy when we were younger. I mean he always had a good story to tell and y- you always got a laugh out of him.
1: Yeah, he's something else. I yeah, I, I want to go to Georgia just to. I want to buy a new bike every year, <laughs> just hanging out with Donnie Banks cause he's, he's just an awesome dude. To love him to death. Always have. Always will
0: exactly i uh, yeah, I think he is a pretty great dude, yeah, so let's get back on track a little bit and talk about when you were getting ready to start a t v scene um, what happened there I mean, what was the uh what was the motivation behind it and and did you always want to be a media guy well i <laughs>
1: I was obsessed with these ATV industry magazines from early age. I, I still have in a garage now, there's not room for them all. I have every issue ever made from the inception of the sport. <laughs> so I would I would tuck a dirt wheels in my history book every day I went to class. I was I wasn't reading what they wanted me to read. I had ATV News, Three wheeling, whatever it was, it was always in my books, and I would read every paragraph of it. First was always the race stuff, and then I'd get into, I'd I'd sit there and I'd read about some utility trike that I could care less about, just to read what the author wrote. Usually it was Bill Lane Fear, like I talked about, or uh, Steve Casper was one, and these old editors that were, I never met them or anything, but for some reason I took a liking to their writing style, which I wanted nothing to do with English class or anything school related, but there I was knee deep in in these magazines. I still have them all, which is awesome. ATV News was the best, but uh, that's uh, probably the the early foundation that probably God had planned for me from a day one. And uh, with that, I got into, um, I met George, like I said, and I got into this race promotion stuff. And we, I was already doing ATV Connection. I thought, man, what if we, had a marketing tool behind our race stuff. So that's where ATV scene was. We did a, a weekly uh, column called on the fast track. And it was about uh, the inside scoop of the ATV industry, but it was really about trying to in inter- introduce people to our events <laughs> so H wasn't even uh it was like a tool for our own race promotion stuff but then it it took off bigger than our own race stuff and I figure man this is this is pretty cool what we got going here is is bigger than we even thought from the beginning is at the time it was the one of the only online magazines that there were um you wanted to learn about the sport you had to wait out your mailbox for something you know once a month for a, a publication to happen or you can click on the ATV scene <laughs> right. so it was cutting edge stuff back in the 90s and um uh, one thing led to another it started to really work so pretty and, cool
0: and you promoted do you still promote races today no I stopped doing it 12 hours
1: of ATV America was my last one at uh Cody and Hunter Miller's place in Texas I did that one, and it's uh, just time to just stick to ATV scene. And that's what I did for a while, and now that time has expired, too. I'm I'm trying to do less and less stuff as I can and trying to enjoy my own racing career, my own riding, just trying to get my eyes off of a screen, which <laughs> is good. So, yeah, things are different now, but I haven't deleted the site or anything like that. I don't plan on doing that. Uh, maybe someone wants to buy it someday. I don't know. But it's still there. But I'm definitely not active like I used to be, uh, unless it's something meaningful, something I, that I want to do. I'll do. So <laughs> very different. How it all how it happened is really crazy. Facebook took off, and the, my sole source of income slowly but surely just depleted to nothing. And I, it, it's crazy because the the only ad revenue I would have was these online banners. And I had a lot, most of the manufacturers were buying campaigns and things were good. And then uh Facebook came about and the manufacturers and all the other advertisers realized that you could you could spend the same amount of money and be where the people were and they were all you know camped out on their social media sites, mainly Facebook. So you can't quite blame them. For leaving but um there's like it's very hard to make money in the uh, with a ma and pa website anymore everybody's on social media so with that i figured i'd become a youtube influencer <laughs> so i went hard and heavy into uh doing video reviews of of uh machines mostly and hit it pretty hard and there's a lot of my if you type in i don't know yamaha grizzly or Kawasaki Terex or a lot of these brands in YouTube. I'm coming up one or two, so I'm doing good with uh, the, the rankings. But the, at the end of the day, you got to have a ton of views to make any real money doing being a YouTube influencer. And our industry is too small for those kind of views unless you're unless you're just like awesome at it and you're willing to go at it every single day. And then YouTube could cut the cord you're at their mercy. So right. I figured I'm going to curtail that too. So <laughs> I've not given up completely. So I do I do have a couple other projects I'm working on for video stuff. But right now it's just time to do my own thing type of thing and stop being on that side of the camera. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Really? That's you know, crazy. You know, a
1: lot changes over the years, that's for sure, As you can, as you know.
0: Well, we're on opposite sides of the, of the microphone. That's one of the big changes. Yeah. You know, I, I would never have... If you'd have told me back when we were in New York and you uh, asked me my opinion, who was going to win, Guster or, or, or Wimmer, and uh, if you'd have told me that day that I would be interviewing you one day on my show, I would have said, you're on crack. There is no way.
1: I, mean, I was the one sticking a camera in your face. I know,
0: right, right, and right. Ask questions. <laughs> yeah, and and if you would have told me the roles would be reversed one day, I would have never, I would have never guessed.
1: Right, and the industry too. Who would have known that these, that Yamaha and Honda and all of them would make this, except for Suzuki, a twenty five thousand dollar machine that you drove? I would never have thought that back in the day the side by side movement would take off like it has. You know, I I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> I think it. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of of UTVs. I'm not. I don't think they're not good, and I and I don't begrudge anybody for driving them or racing them or going that direction. I, Me personally, I can't spend much time in them because I get motion sick sickness driving them. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on.
1: I had my phone with one in 2013. I I. Locked into a deal with Polaris and got a test unit and got to race GNCC with it, won the championship with it. It was freaking awesome. I can't believe how fun it was, but I was over it and I am now I'm over. It. I can't even relate. They're, they're like trophy trucks. There's, there's so much money. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like playing a video game. <laughs> You're not really riding. I shouldn't say that there's a lot of talent, but it's just, it's not the same That's why I'm, I'm, as long as I can lift a leg over a, something and ride it. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Well, that's exactly my point. Yeah. You know, I still enjoy riding. I don't get to yeah. do it very often because we're spending so much time building, um, and mm-hmm. working in the shop, but occasionally we get to go test or, or we take a day and we get to go ride something. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I love to ride. Uh, I still do. I love to race more than I love to ride, but racing for me is hundred percent out of the question. Right. Just lifestyle, you know. Um, but the UTV, it's fun to drive. I I get why people that, that don't have any off-road experience jump in one of those things and think it's the greatest thing ever. Right. You know, they're yeah. they're easy to drive. They handle really well. They... I mean, unless you do something stupid, they really don't, you really don't crash them. I mean, a lot of people do, but it's because they're way better. The cars go way faster than the general public needs to go.
1: Well said. (laughs) It's exactly
0: it. Yep. Well, you know, I mean, you get the guys out there, they get their family and they strap them in and they go tearing across the desert, not realizing that there's an etiquette to how you ride the trails, how you drive the car, which side you're on. You know, do you, do you, uh, yield to this guy or do you yield to that guy, how the system works and, and nobody takes the time to teach these people anymore. And that's why you have as many wrecks as you do, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. You know, I mean, I don't want to harp on UTV people because I mean, they're out there having a ball and, and yeah. yeah, probably jealous. Cause I'm still working while they're playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 The industry has evolved a lot. Do you get too many, uh, do you get any of the motocross races at all? Uh,
1: not many. I'm more of a GNCC guy now. I'm in love with that series and um, the e-bike thing, and I've got a Suzuki LTR. That I try to race GNCC, but to think it's just such a challenge to get the thing to run. I got it from Jeremiah Jones, so I thought it was going to be a killer, <laughs> but it's it has a few flaws that I'm trying to fix, and he's been awesome helping me fix them um, but man they're they're so picky those things, but when they're good, they're pretty good quads so I, I'm racing that here and there, and then crazy, I just bought a Yamaha Grizzly, which is my next project it's um uh-oh you still there i'm here um i i i've always i've I've always had a test machine that the manufacturers supplied for me to go do a review on and give it back well this time i'm like man i I need something i can just go ride and i've got some really cool plans i want to do so i was thinking of which machine do i want and um, like man, I'm, that's not, I'm, I don't have any question. It's the Yamaha Grizzly. <laughs> like damn, I want one, so I'm going to buy one. And I couldn't get it. I waited two months for this thing to come in because our industry is so uh, plugged right now. It's like it's great out there. The dealers couldn't, they can't. The manufacturers can't make them
0: fast enough. It's oh, amazing! It's the same it's, thing on the West Coast here too.
1: It's awesome. I'm some love. So with that like damn my grizzly is pretty damn popular here because you can't find one so i'm online reading more about you know, people what other people are talking about and um there's a huge following for the grizzly stuff so i'm gonna do a video review on it and um kind of do some very different things with it And one is race gncc with it we usually they're all racing tan now because they're a thousand cc I want to go race a GNCC or two, not too many. I don't want to break it because it's mine. <laughs> but then I'm also going to ride it from point A to B, uh, North Carolina, Oregon, for, on the Trans American Trail. Just a, something on a like a bucket list thing. So right. it's going to be cool. So I'm putting together this really really cool Grizzly that's got you know all the tires and wheels and shocks and everything you'd ever want on a four x four, but is also capable. Of uh, long, long rides, so it's going to so, be pretty. Cool. So, have you spent any
0: time with Penland?
1: Mike Penlin?
0: Yeah. No, no.
1: I remember you. You bring that up because he was an excellent four by four guy. I still know Mike. What I hear. Is he? Wow. Yeah, still rides. Wow. Yeah, he's something else. Didn't he do the Baja by himself once? I think uh, he won a Baja championship. <sighs> yeah, he's he's been incredible. Incredible guy. Yeah. No, I, if anybody hearing this wants to go with me, including Mike, <laughs> let's do it. I'm Biden from North Carolina. I'm on East, the right at the Atlantic, right all the way to the Pacific. There's a trail, the trans American trail that goes to the whole state, the whole country. So it's there and I want to do it. And uh, if I'll do it by myself, I have to, but you, doing need to, that.
0: you need to video that, that deal. Yeah. So that, you can, you'll get a killer review on that and, and downloads forever because people won't believe it.
1: I know a lot. You tell that to people, especially the ordinary Joe, they can't even fathom what you're saying. A lot of people in our industry do have heard of the trans American trail, but if you're out of our industry, you have no idea that there's something like that, that exists. It's just one more thing that makes America great. And what a great way to see America, you know, <laughs> Through the, over the handlebars on a, grizzly so i'm i'm pumped
0: on the back of a of an atv uh doing what you love to do which which yeah i couldn't believe it that would be that would be incredible
1: yeah i'm all that's what i'm all about Um, my father passed a couple months ago and i'm just i'm trying to do the things he didn't do now i don't want to sit there and watch tv so i got some ideas that i'm going to do and that's one another one i'm going to ride a mountain bike from denver to durango on the Colorado Trail, it's the entire state of uh, Colorado. And it's supposedly the, the, the most beautiful part of our entire country is along this trail. It's all off-road. And there is a few places you can stop and get a hotel. But uh, most of the guys do it in like 10 days on a standard bike, <laughs> I don't know if I want that though. So I'm actually thinking of doing it on an e-bike. I know that's cheating. <laughs> But uh, I don't care. I still get to get out there and see the scenery and pedal some. You know, it's it's still cool. So
0: I don't that. think it's cheating to do it. Right. You know, if right. you go do it, then the rest of us have to take our hats off and, and bow down because we didn't go do it, you know.
1: Exactly. Now, you get it. You get it. But there will be a lot of riders. I know I'll, I'll maybe see them out there that will, you know, argue, oh, that's not you. you they don't get it. I'm just, I wouldn't have done it if I could do it. I I can't, I can't see myself pedaling for 10 days and especially those mountains, (laughs) just pedaling up the hill is like, I don't know.
0: Okay. There's something to be said for that, that accomplishment, but there's also something has got to be said for having a good time. And if I'm not having a good time, why would I do it?
1: Yeah, exactly. You get it. That's why I want to conquer that. And I got this idea. It's crazy idea. I want to, I want to, Buy a repossessed pontoon boat in Knoxville because like, I was in Knoxville on a Yamaha intro once, and the limo driver it was just me and the limo driver. We're driving along. I sat in the front with him because it was just me and him. And he he points over my shoulder, and goes, "There's my boat." <laughs> he's he's looking at the Tennessee River, and he proceeds to tell me, "Yeah, I buy one every year." And I had to pick the story out of him. He goes, "Yeah, I drive it down, and I pick up another one." I mean, what do you mean you drive it down? He drives it to New Orleans, down the Tennessee River, or down the Mississippi, and sells it off, makes a profit, and enjoys what he's doing. Every year he does it just because it's fun. Like, damn, that's such a cool gig. So I, I got that in my back pocket, too. I I think that would be awesome. Just adventurous stuff like that. So it's, it's on the, the bucket list as well.
0: That's quite a change from knowing you years ago and you would run around the races and talk to everybody you never t- you never sat still you know uh, it. just go 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 uh, you know whether you had the mic in your hand or a tape recorder and you were talking to somebody and you know you're always trying to get an idea or get somebody to to give you the inside scoop on something and um this that's this is quite a change this conversation is not going anywhere i thought it was going to go
1: I thought, I know, but yeah, back to that. I was, I was just a racer, man. I was, when I was with that camera and you're right, I would, I always loved running. So I probably did freak people out cause I would be in one turn and then I'd be in the next turn with the camera. The cameraman usually is <laughs> sitting in a corner, but I just took it really serious as, as if I was racing almost. And I really like, I, I love, I didn't like sitting still. So yeah, I would run. And I would get home and run. I still run. I, I run six miles every week um, just to stay in shape and something I've always done. But yeah, I, was, I felt like I was out there with my boys. Same was my race promotion stuff. I think a lot of people respect, respected me and got along good with me because I was just one of them, including all the pro class guys. And I yeah, basically gave all the money away because <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted my boys to, to be something because the sport wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. Um, I, I, I was stupid enough back then to think that it could be just as big as this, the Supercross guys. I don't know. I feel dumb saying that now, but I back in the day, I really thought people no, could relate.
0: It's, really, a, it's a, and a passion that we've all held onto. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I love this industry and I put everything I have into it. And I have ever since, you know, I was born into it uh, with my dad. Being a an engine builder for the you know the, the race team when I was a kid to uh, you know just g- growing up around three wheelers and four wheelers and well three wheelers mostly and motorcycles and yeah I've always dreamed that our industry could be bigger than it is um, me too and and, and and until you get corporate advertising outside of the atv industry it's just never going to happen you have to have tv time you have to have the glitz and the glamour and you have to have something that grabs the people and gets them to you and that's just something that unless you're racing under the lights like mickey's you were never going to get you were just never atvs you're just never going to get there on an outdoor motocross track most people don't want to watch an atv yeah, it's not exciting enough, but you get them under the lights, uh, and you get them at a Mickey Thompson or you get them at a, at a TT track, you know, where they just, the, 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 the glare, you know, of the Chrome and the the shine of the plastics. And, and, you know, you, when you see an ATV going down the straightaway and pitching it into the turn at, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour, it just it floats. It's just mesmerizing and, and amazing. I
1: couldn't do that. That was something I agree. It was something we had that I thought people could relate to too, because they had a four wheeler in their garage, but they couldn't pitch their sideways like that. But still I just figured it was going to blow up. I That's why I had those big $30,000 purses and everything. I thought the next year it's going to pay off. Toyota is going to come Chevy truck. Somebody's going to dive into this thing full bore. And it never seemed to happen. It sucks, but that's how it went down. But I tried—that's for sure. I gave away. But but
0: see, you did help. Whether you think so or not, you did help. You you kept us going, and and inspiration like that you can't take. You can't look back and go, I didn't do any good or it didn't help. It did help. It gave hope to everyone in the ATV industry that we can still be something and we can still achieve our goals um, there are still a few guys out there getting paid uh, not a lot but there's a few but ATV racing is bigger than you think as far as the passion that the people have and the love they have for the sport when you see pro guys that are big name dudes that people know them all over the world. And they show up in the back of their pickup truck and unload their bike by themselves, pop out an easy up and sit there at the track all day long just to race their two motos and make 10 bucks. Right. Know? And that's you see awesome. week in and week out and that's what ATV racing is all about. And, and, and the passion for it. And, and just the love of the sport. So don't take anything away from where you, you, what you did. It it did work. It did succeed. You got those purses paid, you know,
1: success isn't always measured with money. (laughs) So I, 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 thanks. Yep. And it's been awesome. I mean, I, I, through God's grace, I've been blessed beyond belief. Like I was telling you before, the friends we have, including you and everyone, I, I, any state, you pick a state, and I bet you any money I could flop l- l- down there and stay for a week even. I mean, I got good friends everywhere, and that's uh, because of the industry and what we've been in it. You know, you, you're the same way, right?
0: Oh, yeah. There's, I, can, I can almost pick a country.
1: Yeah, (laughs) great. Who who can say that? You know, I mean, I'll, I'll go to like a campfire deal and just hanging out with ordinary people and I'll sit there and I'm like, damn, his story, his story, his story. And all three stupid stories were like so boring and they're talking about their favorite roller coaster or their, their foot, their football thing that they're involved in. Are these stupid things, I'm like, that's your big story in front of the group here. And I, I almost feel like, man, I can't even tell my story. Cause I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow these people away. And I'll show them up. So I'm, I'm like, I got stories that'll there and I, I know that everybody listening to this is probably nodding their head, yeah, too. The Wes Millers and the, the, the Tim Fars and the and the people in our industry. I just the name that came to my head, but we've we've lived, you know. It's 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 so cool that to, to to got to live this ATV industry dream that I've had, and I'm still doing it.
0: That's what this is all about. That's what ATV Talk is for. I want yeah. to hear the story.
1: I got hundred. <laughs> it's great. Oh
0: well, if you got hundred of them, let's hear one.
1: Uh, one that comes to mind is uh, I was I I wasn't just a racer a promoter or a photojournalist that was actually like representing riders. <laughs> and that's where the fun came in. Matt Coulter, uh, Tim Farr, uh, Corey Ellis, um, helped Travis even, your guy with a resume once, I think. But the Tim Farr one, I'll, I'll use that one, I don't know how much time we have, but somehow I inspired Yamaha to listen to my idea, which was to suit up Tim on a... He had just built this 426 cc uh, lager chassis quad, and it ran 250R plastic on it. I told Yamaha, "What if we put Blaster plastic on this contraption he's made?" Which sounds crazy, but they they were awesome. They heard me out, and they thought, "Well, we don't have any sport quad coming, and even in the future, because it was 1996, I think." Um, but we're we're all ears in what you got. I'm like, yeah, we could, so I wrote, I did this really in-depth uh, proposal. I mean, it had, it was killer. <laughs> it had charts and graphs and color and sent it to them and it impressed the guys at Yamaha enough to fly Tim and I out there, which is unheard of. I can't believe it happened even. So there we were, I've met up with uh, Wayne Meridian. He was going to be a part of this deal and we were going to race in the the pro quad series Tim was going to be a factory Yamaha rider <laughs> racing a wide, a 426 Yamaha engine and make it look like a blaster. You follow? Yep. So we're, we're sitting at a round table with Yamaha. I, I, I just was blown away at the, fat, the fact that that even happened much less that we got up, everybody shook hands off. There was like six of us and it was uh, the top guys, uh, Mike Martinez, Bob Starr from Yamaha. Um, I don't remember if Steve Nessel was there yet. I don't think he was. Um, anyway, it was uh, Donnie Luce was there. Yeah, I don't remember if he was there yet. Anyway, they were like sold on the idea. The three of us had pitched this idea that was going to happen. We came out of that meeting, and I'll never forget Tim and I and, and Wayne. Wayne, right away, we're going to a steak dinner, we're celebrating. We're high-fiving and celebrating at Cypress, California, right there, Yamaha, thinking that we got something that's really, really cool. And it, the excitement will never, I'll never fade out. It's there. It, unfortunately, it didn't happen. There's some stupid excuse. Probably an attorney told them no, but there was just an awesome thing that almost happened. It just came to mind why I thought of that. It just came, one of the things that came to mind, um, a lot a lot of adventures with Matt Coulter, <laughs> Corey. Had a lot of fun with Corey, man. Jeez, um, none of time in the day to talk to all these the things that we did, but just crazy fun times and um, great people. The industry is full of great people.
0: I I believe it hundred percent, and and that's why I keep reaching out to everybody that I can because I want to hear your story. I want to hear. The, you know the good times that you had, and and the people that you interacted with, and the things like going to Yamaha, and, and I mean, there's so many backstories, yeah, that the fans never get to hear. It's not fair. They need to hear the story. They need to hear the things that you got to go do. That you know they're never going to know because you're not putting it out there.
1: True. Well, here's another one. Then um, Corey Ellis and I. <laughs> had uh somehow landed a deal with cannondale we we're helping cannondale out with that first year quad and cory drove all the way from florida all the way from california to florida to race gncc with he put a twist throttle on that machine and that's about it <laughs> stock as can be um it goes to the line he's in the pro production class at the gnccs they had two the pro class which is bill balance and they ran the pro then they had the pro production which is the the um Kawasaki. No, Yamaha didn't come out. I think Yamaha just came out. I don't remember. Anyway, they started a pro production class. Anyway, Corey's out there winning the overall from the second row. And it was, I'm standing there with the Cannondale guys, like the Scott Montgomery, the president of Cannondale, um, Bill Rudell, he was the marketing guy for Cannondale, a couple other guys. We're we can't believe this because we thought hopefully the bike will finish and cory's you know he's never raced gncc before um oh is he going to get mid-pack and there he is winning the overall it was so awesome so i'm hugging the guys um we're high and we're about to win it's like 15 minutes left in the race or something and cory hit a tree <laughs> oh. He had a train in DNF, but he was winning. He would have won that race. He would have won the overall on a stock Cannondale. Beat Bill Balance, everyone. And they're on legger chassis, killer quads. Right. It was incredible. So from that point on, Cannondale absolutely loved us to the point where they hired me on as a a product tester development guy. So I was like reporting on everything Corey and I were doing with this Cannondale, including the, the humidity and the weather and everything you could think of. I wrote it down for them to know. And then we got my friend, John Maley, a job. He was the mechanic for Corey. And next thing you know, we're driving back and forth to Cannondale thinking this is cool. Um, Unfortunately, it all went bad, but before it all went bad, the, the president of Cannondale plops this catalog in front of Corey and I. <laughs> and it's a catalog of everything they make. And they go, hey, pick out anything you want. So I'm like, holy shit, this is this is incredible. Anything. So, of course, I'm on the back, the very back page where the most expensive mountain bike was. My finger's on it. I look over at Corey. <laughs> his finger's on the exact same bike. <laughs> like we both at the same time knew exactly what we were getting. So they gave us two Cannondale mountain bikes. Just killer! That doesn't happen. It was just awesome. Unfortunately, the quad didn't go. They they were just hemorrhaging money at that point. It was <laughs> so much money they had, but they were like only a couple months away from maybe getting back to zero. But they couldn't keep up with the creditors, and it all went bad. But that was just an incredible time. Two thousand
0: two, I think it was. You know, we were in negotiations with them. Oh yeah. Yeah, know that. they wanted us to do some stuff with them. And we were in negotiations and we got a call. Well, I didn't get the call, my brother did, yeah. and said, do not continue. Wow. You, know, uh, you know, under the cuff, don't don't say who I am, what I am. You just run. Wow. And yeah, we, and yeah. Uh, okay. We, he hangs up the phone with that, takes me in the office, you know, cause we were pretty excited. I mean, we were still pro Honda, pro Yamaha guys, but Hey, if the factory wants to spend some time with us, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. And he takes me in the office and we were both a little disappointed. And the next day, wow, poof, the bottom dropped out. Yeah. Who was the, who, can you tell us who it was? Like, I, am gonna, I am not going to, I am not going to relinquish that one. That's you me
1: know. and you can dig a scoop up.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, you know how our industry is and, and you know how the relationships are. I mean, uh, we've had some of the same relationships with some of the people that we deal with for 30 years. Right. Yeah. It just never changes. And, and uh, they become your friends. They be, you know, you, you rely on them, you bounce ideas off of them. And, you know, if you have a team thing going, or if you have a writer package that you want to work on, you, you call these guys and say, Hey, you know, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? And uh, they give their input and if they can help, they help. If they don't, you know, they say, Hey, I think you should call this guy, or I think you should call that guy. And, and, you roll with it and then go.
1: But yeah. Yeah. How cool though. The American made bicycle company would even think it's such a thing. Much less do it. They built that motor in house. It wasn't a Rotex motor. It was an aluminum frame, liquid cooled fuel injected. It was crazy what they, they were so far ahead of everything at the time. Must've blown away the guys at Yamaha, you know, <laughs> we had the Y YFZ. I
0: think think if they would have used a little bit more factory backing from Yamaha, Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, something, I think they would have would probably would have succeeded because they went out on their own too far. They spent too much money. Yeah, uh, you know, and and it and it didn't work. Uh, They never the motorcycle never did muster any gravity, any traction at all compared to the ATV. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. And KTM, that whole company.
1: KTM did the same thing to us. That was a nice quad too. KTM. They thought they had something there, but
0: I'll have to bite my tongue. Okay. <laughs> when you come, when you look at Honda and you look at Yamaha, you know the Suzuki LTR is not a bad machine either. But you just can't beat what right now. You know for longevity of life and durability, you know, uh, some of the KTM motorcycles are, are really good. Um, granted I'd ride red before I ride anything else, but that's just me. Um, yeah. but I've heard that, that, uh, two stroke 300, they have is just phenomenal. Just an amazing bike. And, and I want to go ride one. Would I ever buy one? No. I mean, it's just a personal uh, conflict for me to, to go buy a, an orange bike, you know?
1: With yeah, you, I'm I'm all for the big four. They, what they've done and accomplished, like this 200S I have out in the garage, is a 1986 three wheeler. It's so overbuilt. It's just unbelievable how well made it is. And it's because it's a Honda. And the same thing with my Grizzly. When it came time to buy, I wanted a four by four. I didn't even think. I know those Can Am's and Polaris's are tempting. They're big bore, fun machines but it wasn't even when when my own money comes it's some putting my own money down on that dealership it's definitely going to be a big four and you're right yamaha or honda that's mostly what i was looking at
0: yeah you know i mean in the sport quad industry same thing you know suzuki would finally come out like they came out with an ltr awesome bike you're having little quirky issues with it i don't know what they are but i could probably guess a couple of them uh because they just ran short on you know spending the money to make it just a little better
1: you're probably right yeah hey boy run oh they're worth it but yeah it's fuel injection stuff the swirl filter and the fuel pump and stator there's all kinds of stuff little glitches that you got to constantly look after but man i love the bike though
0: oh they handle phenomenal and you know chris borch won how many titles on that thing
1: most winning estate GNCC rider in, in ATV history, Chris Porch.
0: Really? Yeah. I did not know that. No. I didn't and, know that.
1: and only recently he's on a Honda because I think it's because Phoenix Honda gave him a deal. Otherwise, he would still be buying used, used Suzuki's and right racing those. He's good at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they tried the Yamaha for a little while and we tried to help a little bit in, in just satellite form, you know, just when they would call and ask questions. Nothing. Uh-huh. Um, but. Uh, They were, they were trying to compare the, the apple to the orange and you know, that Yamaha was never going to be a Suzuki, just never was gonna, and you can't do what you did for the Suzuki on the Yamaha to make it work. And um, you had to, you had to figure your platform out with how you could make your Yamaha work. And I understand why they went back to the Suzukis. they had that platform down. And I probably, if I were them other than looking, chasing the dollar, I wouldn't have changed. Right. Yeah. Still competitive. He was still freaking able to win a race. To yeah. Win races and when he switched, he lost some of that edge. He did. Yeah.
1: And it kind of has now I think too on a Honda, although he is getting older and what's Walker Fowler is ridiculously fast. So was Bryce and Neil. Um, well, they're young, dude. It's their time. Yeah, and Chris is getting older now, but it, yeah, he's on a Honda and I don't know if it suits him as well as that suit he did, but
0: you know, when you ride, go from riding a Suzuki, that turns pretty phenomenal. I mean, I don't know if you have a better turning ATV, sport ATV. That Yamaha turns good, but that's Suzuki. Freaking, that's, half, that's half a bike length inside the Yamaha. And then you get on a Honda that, that is the weakest of the turning. Goes through the bumps better than the other two, but... It, 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 you know, what you give going through the bumps, you lose in the turns. You can make them turn better, but you're never going to make them turn like a Suzuki. So that might be something he's fighting. You, uh, you just don't know. I don't know enough about their setups to uh, yeah to argue one way or another. Right. I know that if you're going to come to me and you want to build a desert bike or you want to build a, a works bike, I'm putting you on a Honda. Right. You know, I just, it's proven, it's a proven deal, even though, you know, Mike Sloan and I won the works title in 2018 together on a Yamaha. I mean, it was, that was pretty exciting. Um, and it's a good, good machine. Don't get me wrong. I I liked it. Um, I just know the Honda way better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, I jotted something down here to ask you, um, to, You, you're doing all these um, interviews with people. Just remember this part, because I don't think you're going to know it now, but maybe it'll come to you in two years from now. In 1969, there was a, a Pismo ride intro for the ATC-90. I'm a big ATC three-wheeler buff, as you know. I okay. can have, it's uh, the first year ATC-90. But They had, Honda actually made by hand, 130 of these US 90s is what they were called at the time. And had this huge ride event in, in Pismo, and I know there's video out there somehow. Some there must have been a news channel or something. I'd love to score the video from that intro event.
0: So would so, I, um, I. I can tell you. I can tell you from firsthand knowledge from my dad. And and if you listen to episode three, okay. My dad was at an intro for Honda because he worked for. Valley motorcycle sales, which was El Cajon Honda. Wow. And they had Triumph, and which is now Moto World. Okay. Oh. Oh. And, Neat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he went to that first intro and he was, looked, at, he was, looked at that three wheeler and goes, Who in their right mind would buy that? <laughs> and look, they sold 6.5 million of them. And, 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 okay, the man made his dynasty off of it.
1: Incredible. I'm so glad I brought this up. Wow. What a cool, you, you so, think it was the same intro? He was
0: at the Pismo intro? I don't think he went to the Pismo intro. Uh, no, they, they probably had a different one in LA where he went and, you know, was indoors type thing because okay. the owner of the Honda dealer took him up there, you know, cause he was the service manager and they had to look at all the new models and everything. Um, yeah. but you, you go back to, uh, Joe Phillips who is big Al's race team. Um, they, he worked at uh, Honda Velco Cajon and, or Valley motorcycle sales, whichever we want to call it. And he's riding this three wheeler up and down the sidewalk you know, would popping wheelies and everything. And they're taking it in the back and putting uh, big bore pistons in it and changing the cylinder and, and doing all these things, you know, adapting carburetors to it. And, and this is all in the early, you know, the 69 70, you know, when that became big owls, you're saying, pardon that became big Al's the, well, performance. it was big Al's uh, race team which oh. if you go to 1977, uh, wow. the, the very first three-wheeler magazine, it's Big Isle's race team. Yeah, classic. the engine builder. He's on the cover.
1: Yeah, awesome stuff. That's the, so, the hit of our sport right there.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, and I don't even know all the ins and outs. I'm still trying to track down some of those guys to sit down and have a conversation with them to get some of that information.
1: Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you are. We, we need, we need to hang on to our history and, and sell and cherish it.
0: So well, yeah. That's- the problem you take guys that are winning championships or young guys that are coming up in the sport and they have no, idea where this started they are thinking oh four-wheelers are it you know that's the only thing that's ever been you know gnc is the only thing that's ever the only place you ever race or or gncc is the only thing you know because they're maybe on the east coast or that's the only feed they get and they don't realize that there's a whole group of people that started this industry And there's some on the East coast. There's some, there's some history that I don't know on the East coast and I'm trying to track down people that can give me information or verify information for me. Um, So I'm doing a lot of side work to, I don't just want to contact the people I know. I want to contact people that I don't know. And I want to contact people out of my comfort zone and and down and have conversations with them. Uh, about things that i might not know
1: yeah it's an uphill battle what we're doing because it's it sucks that the ama could care less and then you got even honda themselves it was their 50th anniversary they there's not a word it was the the atv is 50 years old well it was it came and went
0: (laughs) you'd think honda Honda was alive if mr honda was alive they would have they would have talked about it
1: Right, It just sucks. So there's like you, 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 got it's an uphill battle trying to, share hold on to this because nobody else seems to care. There should be a hall of fame like a, and the AMA should have a, 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 a the, on the wall. Hey, Gary Denton's still not even on the wall at AMA. I don't think we should have thirty different riders in that hall of fame as well as the history of the sport. I think they do have an HCC ninety there, but other than that sitting there, that's about all there is.
0: Well, it's just, um, it's the same thing with that podcast that that denounced motorcy- ATVs on their motorcycle podcast. And, uh, it, you know, I may I may trash him a little bit. Uh, I really just think that the motorcycle guys that if yeah. you talk to Dustin Nelson and you talk to Travis Damon and you talk to Bo Barron, these are converts. Gary Denton, the convert from a four-wheeler. And if you really talk to these guys and you sit down and you listen to them, it's way harder to race a quad than it is to race a motorcycle. Right on. You know? Uh, Dustin, when his episode comes out, he talks about the body, the muscles in his body that he had to develop to oh. ride the quad that you didn't use riding you know, a motorcycle, yeah. And he was yeah. in he was in phenomenal shape, but he wasn't in right racing in ATV phenomenal shape. Yeah.
1: yeah, awesome. That's gonna be a good episode. I love Dustin Nelson. Good dude. Oh,
0: super, super. Uh, he, he, well, his answers are out of the box and where people aren't thinking he's looking at yeah. it from a different angle and when you get done listening to what he says. You just go, wow, him, because you weren't ready for that and you didn't see it that way because you're looking at it two dimensionally and he's looking at 40.
1: So well said. And I agree. I, I've gone to a bunch of Yamaha ride intros where Dustin's there. So I get to go actually sit down with him and go ride with them, which is nice. so cool. There was one that comes to mind. It was this yeah, Yamaha. Had us out to ride the Yamaha Raptor 125, which is crazy. But we had the biggest blast banging bars out in this little little mini course with these little 125s. It was so cool. But yeah, I I, I got to know Dustin at these ride intros more than the racetracks. And yeah, I, everything he said is right on. It's so so correct.
0: So yeah, there's I mean there's such a big there's so much to this and there's so much more that we need to talk about and then we need to bring out. And I'm hoping that ATV talk will allow an outlet for people like yourself and other people to tell some stories, but, you know, get their passion out there and why they love ATV racing, why they love ATVs in a whole, whether it be three wheelers or four wheelers. And you know, I've been, I've been around a long, long time. And I don't know everything. I don't know all the history, but I know a lot of it. And I know a lot of the history from Duncan Racing because I am a Duncan and I have been there. Um, and it's not the only company. I want to have the other guys on. You know, right. I, I, I want to reach out to Wayne Meridian and. and you know Curtis Sparks and uh, Mark Baldwin, and, and have these guys sit down and have a conversation with me about the industry, and and tell me some of their stories, and so, tell me some of the things that they remember. And it, that's what it's all about.
1: Well, I'll help you all I can. I got pictures if you need, whatever you need. You just hit me up, and I'll, I, I'm i all for it. I think what you're doing is great. I think you're the perfect person for it. I think there's uh, a lot of people that think they could do it; they probably could but it wouldn't be as good because of your history. So keep after it. Maybe one thing that happened that was Mickey Dunlap once told me John, at your rate, You're going to burn yourself out <laughs> goes, So you should slow down and uh, maybe, you know, be careful because you, you will happen fast. You'll burn yourself out and you will want nothing to do with the sport anymore. So maybe you're doing one a week. You said, yes, maybe Mickey was, <laughs> that might be too many. Maybe um, one, well one a month maybe
0: you know uh when we get off there i'll ex i'll give you some information okay for
1: you you can keep up with it is all i'm saying because it's awesome i the well, chain hit rachel's so marty i'm digging it and like i said i'm here for you if you need any pictures whatever I'm, i want to help you
0: well i want you i want to extend the invitation so that you can come back and talk to me uh and, and I want to know about your future endeavors. I want to talk about the trail ride. I would really like to sit down with you and talk some four-wheel drive UTVs because that is a, that is a portion in my uh, – I don't have any input in there. I don't have any feedback. I don't have any developmental skills in there because I just – I don't work on four-wheel drive ATVs.
1: Right. Okay. Unfortunately, it's all Can-Am stuff. I like Can-Am, but, man it's like they, they got a stranglehold on the whole off-road race scene and four by four scene. Um, whichever I like, from what I
0: hear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You, you're talking about a guy that yeah. you know, I got on a Honda Foreman four by four and was doing some cleanup work in the, in the riverbed for my brother and towing a trailer and just had a ball riding this thing, uh, in two wheel drive and four wheel drive, getting stuck yeah. yourself. Oh. Uh, I mean, this is a foreman, you know, I Yeah.
1: Yep. I'm the same way. The trail bashing on a four by four is actually a absolute hoot. It's a, especially if it's greasy out there, <laughs> like a four by four element where you really need the four wheel drive, then it's even cooler.
0: Well, and, I'm uh, driving the same I, with bald tires in the sand, you know, <laughs> and we're sliding all around, you know, and then you get the trailer loaded and you're stuck in the sand and you gotta, you gotta rock it back and forth and do all the things to get it to roll. And I just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working my ass off out there in the river bed for my brother. And, and, you know, just for, just because he needs help. and having a ball doing it I i not never tell him that but <laughs> right. you know
1: it makes no. our, our our sport so cool there's so many different aspects we got three wheelers quads four by four side by sides i'm not trying to take anybody from dirt bikes but a dirt bike is a dirt bike it kind of there's other you know you can set it up for cross country but it's still a two-wheel dirt bike but like you said we're it's a you got four-wheel drive that can't really do that on a motorcycle <laughs> you know no some aspects
0: they can yeah. i love them. john i want to thank you very much for coming on atv talk and and like i said you you got to come back and sit with me and talk with me some more because we didn't even break the ice on all the things that you have to tell me
1: yeah i've got a, a lifetime it's a lifetime like i said i, I think i was 10 years old and i started <laughs> and i've been obsessed with it my whole life so thank you for noticing <laughs> yeah
0: I'm, I'm all about it i do dude i mean like i said you know i remember the people in the industry that i looked up to and that i thought were doing amazing things and and you're one of those guys and i just wanted to tell you how much i appreciate all the things that you've done for the atv sport
1: i, I appreciate it right back it's an honor to be talking with you so it's likewise
0: The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
1: Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
0: San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment 858-571-0160. Duncan
1: Technologies
0: International, more than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world.